You're listening to the DTF podcast, Down to Fitness, where we turn personal trainers into fitness professionals. We're your hosts, Dayton McPherson and Kyle Radoon. What's going on, guys? Dayton. Kyle. How are you doing, man? Uh, from, from what I understand, you are the road warrior now, uh, just yeah from gym to gym yeah um let's see last tuesday I went to five different centers in connecticut uh because we are launching our stretching program uh by november so just trying to figure out where we're going to put all those uh tables and where we're going to set up uh for those centers i got to do some more this week as well and then i was in new jersey for three days uh getting prepped for our new gym we did about six fitness director interviews and i mean they were all great they all have different skill sets. And what's really funny to me now is that there's not just fitness directors that manage people anymore, but you're having these people that come with all these great skills. Like one person killed small group training. Another person has stretching experience and they worked at a stretch lab so they could house and, and really support us in that effort. Other people have nutrition backgrounds. It's like if you just took all those people and you morph them into one person, you would get a you or I. <laughs> and, and that's really what uh, what I'm looking for. It's not to say that we can't teach them the other skills. It's just like you, you have these individuals and they like will do really well in one piece which is great and then we have to teach them the other things so now we got to make a decision who we're going to hire and and, and bring up and yeah it's it's been fun so well New Jersey. that's kind of wild so so your fitness directors are actually specializing in other departments not just personal training yeah and it wasn't that we were looking for that we're not like oh with experience with this or experience with that it's just that they already have it because they've worked at so many different places uh, so it's really interesting to me that your directors don't just sit in an office and do paperwork, which they shouldn't anyways, but it's it's fun to see backgrounds and skills of people that I may not have those skills. Uh, so, yeah. No, I think that, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, so Jim's coming along now. You mentioned the stretch lab stuff. You're... Stretch you zone... Kind of sorry stretch zone. oh i'm sorry so the stretch that, lab is a company yeah. already right right that the, the area that we're putting it in is stretch zone but we're we're calling it the stretch and flex program Ooh, i like yeah. the name yeah so you're now this is to compete with some of the competitor like stretch places yeah and gyms are already doing this um i sign up for newsletters for all the other gyms in the area like la fitness and uh lifetime and all that good stuff and i got an email from lifetime last thursday that they are looking for uh personal trainers that have stretching experience because they're also putting it in-house uh, i think theirs is like the assisted stretching the ais is that what it's called yep uh, the assisted stretching. Like and, right. So these gyms are pushing this hard because they've seen the success with all of these stretch labs, stretch zones with their reflexologists or stretchologists, whatever the <laughs> hell you want to call them. Um, but our program is just a little bit different because we allow the coaches kind of to make a decision what they want to do with the people because at stretch lab, you have to follow a protocol and everybody gets stretched the exact same way. Um, but but we didn't want to do that. We didn't want to make a cookie cutter like coaches can shine. They get the certification and they decide what they want to do uh, with the person that's in front of them, just like personal training. Yeah. Good, 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 yeah. good. What's up with you? Uh, well, so I've been kind of giving you guys updates on uh, I have a gym launch happening in November. It was originally going to be this really cool hybrid coffee shop and personal training studio. Um 
there was actually so many, so much square footage that we, uh, we wanted to do some kind of group fitness studio. So I, uh, I gave up so much quality square footage for this room. Um, and then there was some mishaps between the contractor and some, some other folks I won't put on blast, but the room is not nearly the size. So my group fitness room, uh, I don't think have to get in there but i don't think that we can jump around with equipment and do things that uh you know with safely with enough space mm -hmm. so i'm pretty sure that i just ended up with my own personalized private yoga studio and i know i don't talk about my own personal preferences on this podcast a lot but i'm not the yoga guy so yeah. it's a this is going to be a very fun interesting uh endeavor that I, I take on here as running a yoga studio uh but that's okay because we're going to make a million dollars in personal training so if uh if it turns into a four-person small group training room, then that's also okay too. Yeah, that's a good thing. And get your your personal training clients to do small group and revenue per member. That that's yeah. a big thing. I think um, the only thing I have options to is to turn it into a room that generates money because membership's right. not going to cut it. Yeah, you, you don't want to eat up all that square footage and just have it for people paying their membership dues. You like get them to pay something on top of that to use the room as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Today's episode, what are we talking about today, Kyle? Well, actually, I was going to actually segue into uh, what you're in the middle of getting this gym launch going. And mm -hmm. we have to pick prices. We have to be able to sell and launch and new programs and new services. And what happens a lot of times is I see in the fitness space is everyone wants to offer discounts. Mm -hmm. everything is 50% off or $100 off or buy one, get one free or do anything where we completely highly discount your services or your product. And I kind of wanted to have this episode today because I am really strong on the idea that we do not offer discounts. Uh, so I wanted to kind of kick off today with, since you're pricing out some of your programs and you're doing a launch, how are you going to set those prices? How are you going to launch? And are you going to do promos where you offer discounts? Because that's kind of the first step everyone starts. Brand new, must have a sale. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll give you two different answers here. Um, with membership, when you're starting a gym, I think it's okay to have like a founder's rate that is heavily discounted to get people through the door. Uh, after a certain period of time, then we would just keep raising the rates uh, anywhere between 89 and $99 a month is probably somewhere where we may end up in our range, but the founder's rate could be as low as 59, 69, 79. So maybe your first 500 people, it's 59. Then it's blank. Then it's blank. What I will tell you, though, is that I don't like offering discounts for services, personal training, stretching, small group, this, that. We used to do this a lot. And Kyle, you remember at Health Tracks, every single November, we used to have a Black Friday sale, right? And it was heavily discounted. And it was usually just blasted out to our current personal training clients. Sometimes we would allow new clients to take advantage of it as well. It was just like a, a member or a client appreciation sale, pretty much. We've actually really stepped away from that. I, I remember one November, I, myself, I did $27,000 in personal training. And what happens is it just kills us for the next six months because you get all these people renewing their program, even if they had 10, 20, 30 sessions, because they'll be able to use them because they won't expire by the time they use them. And they just hurt your business from here on out until usually March, we saw Kyle, everybody's numbers would drop. And then by April, April, it would go back up. 
Now, I understand it is a good idea to give your people something like a discount or something like that in our head, but I would much rather have them do something more that they're not touching and feeling for free. So what I mean by that is if you're a personal training client and you've never taken advantage of our nutrition counseling session, I'm going to give that to you complimentary. So your, your free is my time and my expertise, or maybe I'll give you a protein powder. Take this $60 protein powder, because if they do that, then maybe they like it and then they buy it next time. So I'll give you 60 bucks of product rather than $60 discount, because I don't see anything from that. If I'm discounting your personal training, it, it's not like you're going to spend more money if I give you a $100 discount off the program that you usually do, or even a new member. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you touched on a couple of really important topics there. Uh, one, the special, when you do a huge special and Black Fridays, it, every business everywhere. So we don't even have to, you know, any one specific gym. This is common everywhere. You get a huge discount. So what do people do is they buy more than they normally would. And what they're doing is they're borrowing basically from next year's business Mm -hmm. to get a discount so that I can have my sessions compiled up for the year at a super low rate. And then in actuality, those people would have bought the full price sessions in March, April, June. Right. So all you've done is taken money out of your pocket. And I understand that people kind of use that to say, oh, well, I've locked them in till next year. 90% of those clients that are willing to open up their wallet to make yeah. a big purchase already were those type of people that were confidently going to be in your book for years right. to come. They're not going like You've anywhere. already earned that relationship. The person that doesn't trust you doesn't buy $5,000 worth of personal training in advance because it's half price. Right. So that person was going to buy it anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those were the people that always bought it. It was the people that you had been with for four five, six years. Those people aren't going anywhere. So we just shot ourselves in the foot. If you get 10 people and you're offering all of that, and then that discount, they would have paid the full price anyways. You're just hurting yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> so so give, them, give them something free instead. I know we don't like to use the word free, complimentary. And that's where I was going to go next because you made, you made the comment that uh, you used complimentary instead of free. Mm -hmm. And I really like that because I don't know that we've talked a lot about verbiage on this podcast. And free is what we consider a, a naughty word or a dirty word. Yeah. Um, nothing is free. It might be at no cost to the consumer, but it costs you your time, your energy. And when we say things are free, people don't value free. They throw it in the trash because they can go get another one when they're ready to. Right. If it's complimentary, it's a one-time offer. Even though it does not cost them anything, it is their one and only opportunity to use it, which creates value. Yeah. Right. The, the issue with free is it's hard when you're doing your marketing piece, like if you're doing flyers or social media, constant contact, emails, free always just writes out nicer, but I would never say free in person. Like that, mm -hmm. that, that makes people's eyes light up when they say free. But then when I'm presenting this free thing, I would call it complimentary. Complimentary just doesn't read nice via email. So yeah. And in a lot of our marketing, it will say free or something or complimentary. We usually don't do it just doesn't look nice on paper, unfortunately. No, there, uh, there needs to be a four-letter word that's not free that replaces complimentary. Because there's nothing, uh, there's nothing cool about a uh, a complimentary training program when it's a Instagram post. 
Right. It just yeah. doesn't have the same ring to it. Yeah. So I understand sometimes we use verbiage to get, you know, from a marketing standpoint, but we don't use it in conversation. We try not to devalue what we do. Right. Um, the other thing you mentioned there too was add-ons. Uh, yes, you may provide a service to someone and then give them an add-on for free. I don't necessarily look at add-ons being free because I think they've made an investment with us in the service that they're currently in. So if I add something on, it's to now give you a taste test to try something more since you already kind of bought it. Right. Yeah. So I always look for revenue per member. So if you get one individual that comes in and their gym membership is $50 a month, that doesn't mean anything to me. Like we have to get that person into then personal training, then into small group, then into nutrition, then into group X and, and get them to stay for a long time and, and shell out a, a big investment for their health and fitness. So I'm really okay with discounts for membership. Like if it's the end of the month, you want to offer a complimentary for the rest of the month or like next month free, because that $50 doesn't mean anything. It It's getting them through the door so that I can provide them with other services that they'll be able to invest in. I Absolutely. don't know what you think about. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, no, when we're talking about, you know, why I believe that you shouldn't offer discounts is it comes back to this, like, a race to the bottom for price in our competitive, you know, if we're working with our competitors, everyone can run their price all the way down to the bottom. It can be zero, it can be free. Now, if you are just getting started and you have like a free service that you wanna show value, that's a little different than offering like 50% off. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is if I'm getting started and I wanna offer a six week challenge to get a pool of leads to come in to then convert them into new clients, I actually really support the free six week challenge because now I'm collecting in leads. But what I'm doing in that free six week challenge is I'm gathering up say 10, 20 people and I am showing them so much value in my services that they want to pay full price. Right. In, in showing them that, yes, maybe six, seven of those 10 flake off. They don't stick with the program. They don't follow the nutrition. They don't get any results, fine. But the three people that get results, now I can offer them my full premium pricing at whatever, $1,000 a month. And now I can get three people to sign up at $3,000 a month. I have the premium price. What I typically see, because on the flip side of that six-week challenge, is people will do the $99 six-week challenge. They'll get undercut by someone down the street with the $69 uh, boot camp challenge. And then that's all it is, is six weeks, $69. People don't even make a few hundred dollars. And it's like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. And then my last little rant part of this is it pisses me off because now I have to explain to the general population why undercutting price is not the best way to shop for your personal trainer. Like, Yeah. So that was going to be what I was going to touch on is people at first, don't associate the higher cost with you being a better coach at first. So someone comes in and as a tier four coach, like one hour is $110. A tier one is uh, like 69 or something like that. Like what's the difference between those two people? If, if I was meeting with Kyle and it was our first interaction together, he doesn't know the difference. Like why is Dayton's prices more than this person's prices over here? And it's not because I've got more letters after my name. They, they don't care. 
So after I get people through the door, like we want to increase those prices as we go. So most of the people that are coming in, I'll put them with tier one coaches to get them to buy into the product. And then as our coaches continue to go up in their ranks with higher education, more tenure, blah, blah, blah. Then we have the conversations like, hey, now you're going to tier two. Here's what we talk about with your clients. And 95% of the time when you increase your rates, five or $10, they don't even bat an eye. You might have one person fall off, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. So. So, and because those people that fall off too, and if we talk about, you know, I know it sounds like rude here, but like no one really wants the cheap clients anyways, because the cheap clients are the ones that complain. They don't get the results. Yep. They badmouth you. They this, they that. So a lot of times too, is if you raise your rates, which we talked about this uh, literally just a few weeks ago, the premium clients that love and respect you, your raving fans, they're willing to pay more money. So you keep them for longer at a higher rate. It's a better quality tra training, which means you're giving a better quality product, which means that out in the community, people are going to want to pay you more. More, yep. Not less. Yeah. Anytime that we as consumers, Kyle, if you're watching TV or you see an ad come up on social media or the internet and it's like, oh, 50% off, big discounts. I was like, why are you offering all these discounts for your product? You must stink or your product must stink and your sales aren't there, right? So if so I never offer discounts and my rates are extremely high, there's a damn reason for it. I'm good at what I do and I provide people with results. And I think that's the ultimate punchline here for the whole why you shouldn't offer discounts. Because if you are offering discounts, that means that you don't believe that you are worth the price of your product, which means your discounted rate is your full price. Yeah. Because if you have a crappy product, let's back up. If you are selling, if you're offering a something for a sale, this product and it's this price, if you are not selling it and nobody wants it, why don't they want it? Does the product suck? Is it not in good value? Is it overpriced? And I'll tell you right now, a lot of times that people don't buy something, it's not because it's overpriced, it's because they don't see the value in it. Um, I commonly use like an iPhone, like an Apple product type analogy here because there are so many people that can't afford to put food on their table and they eat, you know, dollar menu McDonald's for dinner, but they have a premium $1,400 iPhone. Why is that? And I'm not picking on those people, but there is so much value packed into an iPhone that you would give up your last $1,400 in your family's name to have that product because mm -hmm. it not only, yes, plays games and browses the internet, but you can stay in contact and all the other reasons why we have cell phones because these are highly valued in our lives where we couldn't live without it. Yeah. Um, if you make the offer better and you make the product better, you would have no problem selling yourself. So if you are not making sales, that means that you are not doing something good enough for the consumer to want to buy it. Uh, and I recently, uh, Alex Carmozzi, super popular uh, gym guy, right? Yeah. He, uh, he always has this saying, make an offer so good, people feel stupid saying no. And, the, and it's kind of this light bulb moment went off for me too, is it's like, you're absolutely right. If it was that good, you would be stupid to say no, and I don't have to worry about trying to sell it. Mm -hmm. It should sell itself. Uh, you, you don't have to sell it and you don't have to offer discounts because the services that we provide, 
the spaces that we have, I mean, they're, they're clean, they're beautiful, they're brand new, we're professional, we provide results. Why, why would you ever walk away from us and go to the, the YMCA that is literally 200 yards away from us? Mm-hmm. If, if anything, we're going to get a lot of those people to jump over to, to us in New Jersey because of the services that we provide. Yes, it's more expensive, but we've got more pool space. We have better daycare services. We have a full spa that's downstairs. So you can pay your $20 or $25 a month going over to the Y, or you can spend almost triple and have better quality product. The choice is yours. Which option works best for you? Nice, nice close right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the offer thing now, what, I mean, what does make a, what makes the offer better? Now, if I can't drop my price, I can always, this goes back to the add-on thing you were mentioning before, is if I'm trying to make an offer that you feel stupid saying no to, then I need to provide, not only am I going to provide the personal training and the, you know, the support, but that's what every single personal trainer in the industry is going to say. They're going to support you. They're going to give you individualized workouts. They are going to give you nutrition counseling. They are going to support you, you know, when you're not in the gym. So what kind of things do personal trainers do that can offer that are different from everybody else? Um, And you mentioned a little bit, some of that stuff earlier is like the stretch programs. Um, Where can a personal trainer differentiate themselves from the boot camp down the street? Right. Um, We talk about like, what is... What is the challenge with fitness? The number one challenge with fitness is people don't want to come in. They don't want to do the work. They don't know what to do. So can we reverse engineer that and talk about how do we solve these problems for people? If I'm selling a nutrition program and every time I try to sell it to someone, they come back and say, this is too hard to follow because I don't know how to go grocery shopping. Can I offer a grocery shopping service? Because I'll be the only nutrition program in the, in the city that takes you once a week grocery shopping. I'm just making this up off the top of my head. Yeah, no, making our no. notes. But the, the, this concept of how can I differentiate myself to make the value there? Because if you fall in line and do the exact same thing everyone else says, it's going to be a race to the bottom for price. You are going to burn yourself out. Your product is going to suck and you're going to lose business anyways. It's all about the new member journey, which we will talk about in next week's episode. I like that. Good way to end. <laughs> Yeah. Short one today, but very, very, very important information about offering discounts. So my advice to everybody is if you have a gym, find offer a discount every now and again on a membership, but don't offer discounts with your personal training or other add-on services. Instead, provide a complimentary service to get them to test drive it, touch and feel, and then go from there. It's the same thing that we do with our, our member onboarding. So they buy a gym membership, and then you get a complimentary appointment with a personal trainer so that hopefully they will invest $1,000 a month. And then they get a complimentary this, a complimentary that. We just need them to touch and feel so that they can experience us as coaches and they come in and they see results. Boom. Nice job. All right. All Thanks, right. everybody. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. See you next week. Bye.